before I get started, I have some, I don't bring anything to you all unless it's worth it. I have some books up front. One is called Get Unrealistic, Get Unrealistic by Debonair Snell, the pastor at Oakwood University. And yes, it is powerful, praise God. It's a powerful book. And the battle belongs to the Lord. This day and age, you gotta remember, the battle belongs to the Lord. It's, from the, it's a gift from the prayer ministry team for those, one per family, for those who would like to get one at the church, all right? My name is uh, Elder Catherine Wright, prayer minister, leader. And I have to say good morning, my brothers and sisters. Happy Sabbath. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be up here. Prayer ministry. I did not want to be a prayer ministry person. I had other plans for my life when God brought me back to church. But Pastor Pedersen uh, said to me one day, he called me and he said, I want to talk to you, Sister Wright. I came up to the conference, to his office, and he said, because uh, I had told him, I don't want to do nothing else in this church. I just want to sit on, sit on my butt, listen to the sermons, come to Sabbath school, go home, be done with it. Because I had been busy at this church from six months after I got here. I was busy. I was doing things. And we talked, he prayed, and I said, that's it, I got to go, man, you know, that's it, I don't want to do nothing. And as I was walking out of his office and shut the door going up the hall, he opened the door and said, you're not going to do anything, Sister Wright. And all of a sudden, a voice spoke and said, I'll be your prayer ministry leader. I looked around to see who, who this individual was speaking for me. Because I had thrown my fists up and said, yes, I'm free. And it's like God said, no, you ain't. You're mine. You're mine. So we started a prayer ministry here. I didn't know the church didn't have one at the time. So a prayer ministry group was started. I'm going to call out. I'm going to ask the ones that are remaining to stand. Upstairs, two of them are working upstairs. is Barb Wilson and Janet Leffridge. And then I like for... The other two that's members of our prayer ministry and Pam is part of it. This is part of our prayer ministry. We pray. We get together. We pray. And we have seen what God can do. You can have to see. Thank you. Years, 22 years ago when I first came here, well, I, it's been longer than that, I thought, hmm, I should have known God was going to use me for this because he laid on my heart to stand up here one day and invite people to come to the primary classroom for prayer. 22 people showed up. Some of those people are no longer with us. I remember there was Sister Copeland and Sister Presley, Sister Ruth Pete, and they're no longer with us. Sharon Leffridge, Janet Leffridge, Anita Teller, Sister Henrietta Dabney, Brother and Sister Monica Johnson, hello, I know you're both watching. They're not with us, but they're both watching. Brother David Moore and Sister, Brother and Sister Waller. Pastor Patterson and Sister Patterson. Pastor Shaw and Kathy Shaw. 
And the youngest of them was John Anthony, for those who remember him. John Anthony and his wife, they were the ones that made my prayer cards for me. And they're still involved, they told me. And Brother Harrison and Jennifer Saluter were the last additions to this. And we're called the Ypsilanti Maranatha Prayer People. We pray, and I've seen God's amazing work. I've seen his amazing answers to our prayers. So my talk today is a conversation with God. And I just want to ask, you don't have to answer. Have any of you all ever had a conversation with God? I should have more than just, yeah, come on. If you're praying, you're having a conversation with God. And did you hear his small, still voice speaking to you? All right, thank you. But, you know, in this day and age, you have to be careful who you tell people that you heard the voice of God. Because you might end up in a mental hospital in a padded room when you start telling folks. Because I remember one of my neighbors looked at me and I said, yeah, I hear God. And he said, where did you tell me you worked? (laughs) But I hear his voice often. Just about every day he speaks to me. But I've often asked myself as I've matured, was I obedient when he spoke to me? My answer is no. I didn't always follow what he wanted me to do. And, and it led me to understand that when I pray, I have to listen. Frank Sinatra, for those who of my age might know who he is, some of y'all might not even know who he is, he did a song called I Did It My Way. I'm going to talk about some of those people who did it their way. I'm going to start at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, the blame game. It was that woman that you gave me. And she didn't have no excuse. Because poor serpent, she said, the, the serpent beguiled me. You ever looked up that word beguile? Tempt, charmed. We're still dealing with temptations in that charm. But if they only had listened, God had been talking to him every day. Imagine Moses. Moses called to lead the people, leading out of Egypt. He's leading these people to freedom. Think about it. He was leading them to freedom. And they began to complain. We wish we had stayed there in Egypt. At least we could have had some meat. At least we could have had this. And then his sister had the nerve to get on his back. It was enough to drive the man crazy. Then they complained, we got no water. This is where Moses didn't listen to the voice of God. He struck a rock, he struck it twice, and he was denied entrance into the promised land. And remember Abraham, I said, I did it my way. We continuously today to see the conflicts of Abraham not listening to what God had said, what he had told Sarah. We continue to hear that. I just need to have a word of prayer at this time. Most gracious Heavenly Father, as we continue at this time, speak through me, for you've already spoken to me, but 
give clarity to what I am going to say, because you know me better than I know myself. So let those that's in the presence of my voice hear me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to shout out to my friends in the uh, UK, because they said they're going to be listening, which means they're five hours ahead of us, and so they'll probably be listening during tea time. Just shout out to them and those in Toronto also. And I look at David. David, as a man, was a, at the God's own heart. Remember the song, Just One Look? That's all it took. And there's so many others in the Old Testament that didn't listen. But I want to move up to the Old Testaments for a minute here. One, one that stands out for me in the Old Testament, number one, is Jesus. Is Pilate. If you go with me to Matthew 24, 19, I will read in your hearing. When he sat down on his judgment seat to make that final judgment on Jesus, his wife sent a message to him saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. I must believe that small, still voice had reached out to Pilate, but he decided if he ain't going to listen, I'll have to speak through his wife. That's why it is so essential for each and every one of us to anchor, anchor ourselves to the Lord and pray. Because when we try to do it our way, it usually won't work out. I'm proof to that. Now let's look at Saul. We, stood, we talked about him, <clears throat> excuse me, in Sabbath school, spending our Sabbath school lesson in Acts 9, 4, 5, and 6. Saul was on his way to where? To Damascus. He was on his way to get some more people to, cruci to crucify, persecute, whatever. He was on his way and on his way. He met Jesus. Now, I don't, I don't know exactly where Saul's mind was at at the time when he was on the way to arrest people and to persecute people. I don't know where his mind was at that time. But he shouts out, oh, why Saul, Saul? Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And Saul immediately says, who art thy Lord? Apparently, he knew who God was. He must have knew who Jesus was. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembled and was astonished and said, Lord, what will you have me do? Have you ever asked, Lord, what will you have me do? Because we're not here on this earth just to be here. We all have a purpose. Sometimes that purpose might not happen when you want it, and it might happen later in your life. But we're all here for a purpose. What a conversation that, think about the conversation that Saul had while he was sent. When the Lord told him, arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. What if Saul had listened and just hit it on back the other way, but he didn't. 
He went for it. He listened. And when you look at the New Testaments, you see how well Paul listened. Because he's left so much for us in his holy scriptures. He's left so many books in the New Testaments for us. Now I just want to step back again. I want to go. I'm not going to keep you long. Don't worry. I want to step back to the 21st book in the Old Testament. Do anybody know what that is? It's Ecclesiastics. It's known as the preacher book. And when you read Ecclesiastic, it is like you're talking to a preacher. When you read what's in there, it's amazing. <clears throat> now, in Ecclesiastic, who was it written by? Solomon. Solomon, yes. He reportedly wrote it in his waning years of his life. How many in here know how old Solomon was when he died? Anyone? He was 55 years of age. 55. History records his death at 55. That's considered middle age with many, many more years ahead for us. Solomon was rich. He was given wisdom and knowledge. That's what he asked for. But there was a problem. 700 wives and 300 concubines. It would be a problem. This day and age, two is more than enough. That's probably why he died so young, because he began to live his life apart from God. Solomon never received three scores in one. That was promise. Psalms 90 says to us, verse 10 says, 70 years is all we have, 80 years if we're strong. Yet much of that time is spent in labor and trouble. Then we're gone and forgotten. I know some people that are, have that four scores. My mother lived five scores. I can't imagine me living five scores, but she was a strong woman. Very powerful little lady. But to think about it, anything beyond three scores and one is what? It's a blessing. It's a blessing, and I am grateful to be one of those who have reached three, point, three scores in 1.5, <laughs> because there was a song out when I was growing up, for some of you young people probably, there was a song out by this group called Who I Hope I Die Before I Get Old. Thank God I'm still here. Some of those that were singing that song are no longer with us. I just want to... Thank my dear sister Janet for reading Ecclesiastes 3.1 from the King James Version. To everything there's a season, a time to every purpose in heaven. Clear Word says it this way. There are other things I've learned about life. There are times to do specific things and a different season in which to do them. If someone has said to me, Kathy, I want you to be the prayer ministry leader when I was 20 years old, I wouldn't have been obedient. I would have went on about my business and said, get out of here. Me? Uh-uh. No, no, no. I wanted to play rock and roll, and I did. I turned my eyes to rock and roll, but I did not leave my Heavenly Father. I prayed 
That's why I'm still here. I prayed while I was out there. There's this, I heard this pastor one day describe life itself. And he said, from conception in the womb to admission in the tomb, the love of God is the common denominator. For one to understand your purpose in life, you have to ask and you have to listen for that small, still voice. You can hear it if you take the time. Solomon understood as he wrestled with the remaining years of his life, he left behind for us so much wisdom and knowledge that we have no excuse to wander away from our God who created us and brought us thus as far. But as our life slowly passed, as Solomon's life slowly passed away, he left us these encouraging words in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. These are his words. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. He didn't just say for us 70 Adventists. He said for all of God's children. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. We all have a purpose that's the first purpose that we have. Solomon also said that once when life is viewed from God's perspective, does it take on a meaning? Only when we finally understand and ask God what purpose he has for you, 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 all of you. It's the only way you will understand your purpose here on this earth. Three scores is what God gets granted. And one more. Three scores and one is what God granted us. When you reach in that point in your life, you'll be inspired to spend more time. You should be, I've been inspired to spend more time talking to my Heavenly Father, having a conversation with him. It's just not being on the prayer line in the morning praying with those from the Lake Region Conference prayer line. It's not my prayer early in the morning, because I'm up early. I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning with my first prayer, thanking God. The minute the eyes open, I say, thank you, Jesus. And I pray. I spend an hour praying, inviting him into my life to make that necessary change in me, to use me in his service. And it's not my prayers on the prayer line in the evening at seven o'clock. But it's my most important prayer is that when I get ready to go to bed at night, to thank God for bringing me safely through the day. Now I know all of you are praying that because we never know, like last week I told you, look at each other's. You never know when you're not gonna see that individual again. So we just have to be in a frame of mind of praying without ceasing, continuously praying without ceasing. That's important to pray, to call upon the Lord. And I always encourage my neighbors, when you go out, step out with the full armor of God. I have a lot of Catholics in my neighborhood. And this one named Marilyn, she said, what are you talking about stepping out with the full armor of God? I said, from your head to toe, ask them to cover you, girl, when you step out. Because I know you all caught the news where the shootings was in Texas. And there was other shootings this week. 
We never know when we're in a grocery store. I ain't trying to put the fear in you, but what I'm trying to do is you have to understand prayer and putting on the full armor when you step out. Even you children that go to school, college, all of you, make sure you leave your house and say, Lord, cover me, cover me, cover me. I invite my Heavenly Father to walk and talk with me. Don't make that mistake. Make that mistake. And when you ask him to walk and talk with you and have that conversation with God, you begin to hear that small, still voice wherever you are. You can be outside. You can be driving your car. You can be taking a shower. You can be wherever, and he will speak to you. Mark 1.35 says, this is what Jesus did. Early in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and prayed there. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you all to find that solitary place. Some people actually pray in, pray in closets. But I have a place in my home where I pray. The Lord knows I'm going to meet him there. So we have to have that place. I figure if God sought his father early in the morning, that was an example for each and every one of us. And as I began, I wanted to talk. But God reminded me of my total dependence upon him. He said, let me tell you something about yourself. You had to crawl before you walked. You had to crawl before you talked. You had to crawl before you fed yourself. And you had to crawl before you dressed yourself. He said, just remember, you're going to have to crawl before you walk. Some people want to talk to this young man one day why he didn't have a job. And he said to me, uh, I can't do nothing with $17 an hour. And I reminded him, my first job, I was earning 90 cents an hour. And I said, I had to crawl before I walked. I said, uh, he said, I said, well, how much money do you need to get a job? He said, I need to at least have him pay me $30 an hour. I said, okay. I said, do you have a high school education? No, nah, I quit school. I said, so where do you think, for one minute, somebody's going to hire you, $30 an hour. You have nothing to offer. I said, son, you got to crawl before you walk. And I said, invite God to come into your heart. I don't know why I tell young people that. But I tell them anyway that invite Jesus because I'm here because somebody prayed for me. And they told me to my face, Kathy, I'm praying for you. My mother prayed for me. But when somebody outside of your family tell you that you're praying for, that makes a heck of a lot of difference in your life. When somebody that don't even know you tell you they're praying for you. So... Take that at heart. When I say I'm praying for you two youngsters sitting right there by your dad, I mean it. And back there in the back, I'm praying for you. Believe it. I may not know your name, but I'm telling God to watch over my brothers and sisters, those that's 15 years and under. So my father reminded me. He said, you're my child saying, do you not know the thoughts I think towards you? And many other children, thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you an expected end. 
So that took me to Jeremiah 11, 12, and 13, which reads this way. Then shall you call me, and you shall pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. That is so, so prevalent in our lives, to search for the Lord and invite him to come into your heart. As our conversation continued with God, when I continued, he reminded me that my great, 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 great grandparents prayed for me, prayed for you all. You may not believe it, but they prayed for the next generation and it carried on. And from the beginning, Moses, Joseph, Abraham, Ruth, Esther, Mary, and thousand others are the reason that we are here. I tried to talk to God, but he said, be quiet and listen. Just listen. You have a purpose on this earth. And I had invited my Heavenly Father to walk and talk and inquire concerning my life. And he unfolded before my eyes a panamic view of what he had brought me through. The assassinations. There was Kennedy. And there were others brought me through the war, Vietnam. My fiance was killed in Vietnam. Hatred because of the color of my skin. There were times I wanted just to give up and say the heck with it, although I didn't use the word heck that time. But I did, but God said, uh-uh. He encouraged me to continue. He said, I have carried you through many sickness. I've rescued you at times when you didn't even know I was there. I've heard you cry. I've heard your prayers. And he said, let me tell you something. My promises are for real. You can claim them if you want to. Isaiah 40.10, that small, still voice spoke these words. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. In verse 13, 41, Isaiah 41, 13. For the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand and say unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. As I continued my journey, that small, still voice slowly ebbed away. Yet I could hear his final encouraging words from Hebrew 13.5. For he said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I'm just about ready to finish up here. Holding on to my heavenly father's hand and anchoring myself with his words has sustained me and brought me this far. And as a prayer warrior for my brothers and sisters, I have seen his fantastic grace over the years since he's called me into this ministry. I've seen people be healed. I've seen things happen in people's lives, and I've heard them stand up here and testify about what God has done for them. He's our Father. He's our Heavenly Father who loves us. Regardless of how old we are, He loves us. And as I prepared to reclose, it's never too late to converse with God. Have that conversation. For he has said in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, 
which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. I said, turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. People, we need to pray. We need to pray for all that's going on in this world. We need to pray for our president of these United States and our vice president. We need to pray for those that's supposed to be in authority positions to provide for those who are, don't have. There are so many homeless people here in these United States that I'm astonished. Ecclesiastes 3.1, let us remember, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse two, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to moan and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to stay silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. I swear it's not too late. It's time to pray, my brothers and sisters. But most importantly, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of mankind. Have you asked God what your season and purpose is in this life? Someone might desire at this time to surrender their life or have Bible studies. I've asked if they would put the number up on the board for me, for them to call that number or to reach out to someone. If there's someone here that just wants someone to pray for them, don't hesitate to come forward and ask for it. This is the end, my brothers and sisters, of what I have to say. Sometimes God speaks to us and, and he gives, he's gave us a choice. We either pray or do it your way. But as for me and my house, my two cats and I, I will serve the Lord. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for these words. It was short, but I pray that it inspired others to ask the Lord to have a conversation with you and to ask for that purpose in their lives. So Father, I thank you this day and give you all the praise, give you all the glory, for you are my heavenly Father, the most fantastic Father I've ever had in my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.